Hello, friends. I wanted to take this chance to tell you about the next two weeks of episodes. The next two weeks, we are looking at spiritual formation and the Enneagram, which I'm so excited about. And I have Beth McCord from Your Enneagram Coach as my guest. Now, there was such there was just so much great information that she had to share that I ended up having to split it into two different episodes. So this week, we are looking at the nine different types, and she's giving you kind of a Cliff's Notes version of what the different types are. And then next week, we will talk more specifically about the Enneagram and spiritual formation and how it's used. So make sure you join us for the next two weeks so you can hear my entire conversation with Beth McCord, your Enneagram coach. Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the table. We are continuing our series on spiritual formation, and today's episode is so exciting. We are talking about the Enneagram, and not only are we talking about the Enneagram, we are talking about the Enneagram with your Enneagram coach, Beth McCord. I am so excited to have her on the show today. She is an Enneagram coach. She has done the Enneagram for years and years and years, even though it's just becoming more and more popular in recent years. And the reason I asked her is because I have appreciated her approach to the Enneagram, that it's very Christ-centered and very God-focused, and that's exactly what I wanted with this conversation about spiritual formation and the Enneagram. So welcome to the podcast, Beth. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys. I'm so glad. I've been looking forward to this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's awesome. I love it. Is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself? Um, Sure. Yeah. So I've been studying the Enneagram for about 18 years, using it more in a deeper form for about 15 years um, as a pastor's wife um, with my husband, just bringing the Christ-centered theological approach to the Enneagram and using it with people in our congregation. And then it uh, blossomed into business a couple years ago and have just really enjoyed basically bringing what was our ministry in the church into mm-hmm. the public sphere so that more people can enjoy really learning and diving in about who they are and whose they are so that they can really experience the fullness of their relationship with Christ. Yeah, and I just signed up for the Exploring You course, which you just had a Valentine's special, which I'm very excited about. Yes, that uh, well, is going to be awesome. And a little bit of trepidation about what I'm going to learn about myself. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. But here's the good news. Yes, um, with the Enneagram, and we'll kind of get into this. Yes, you're going to find out a lot of unpleasant things, mm-hmm. but also a lot of really glorious things. I mean, Christ created you to reflect him, and we mm-hmm. do. But also on the side of heaven, there's the not so great parts. But the good news is, is that because of what Christ has done for us on our behalf, so he has removed all of our sin and placed Mm -hmm. on us his righteousness, Mm -hmm. we're safe. We're good. Like we're always, when God looks at us, he always sees Christ. So it enables us to see not those not so great aspects of our personality or attributes or the things that we do because we already know that we're taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's not necessarily fun or comfortable, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to have any more uh, fear, shame, and self-condemnation. That has been taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to recognize is, yeah, you know what? On this side of heaven, we're simultaneously, you know, have Christ righteousness on us, but we're still sinners. But when God looks at us, all he is seeing is Christ righteousness. So it allows us to see our personality and our attributes, the not so great things, the sins for really what they are, but then really rejoice in what he has done for us and to live that out more freely. And that's really what we're doing with the Enneagram. And so with your exploring new course, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to obviously show you some of the not so great stuff, (laughs) but it's never intended to bring shame, self-condemnation, fear. And actually that's the opposite of what, why we're doing it. We're letting you see it from a non-judgmental standpoint so that you can own it, apologize and be reconciled with God in all aspects. But more importantly, that you can see what he's already done for you so that you can experience the true fullness mm-hmm. of being the beloved child of Christ. So being known. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. every time I read something about, I'm a seven, every time I read about something about a seven and we talked a little bit before, sometimes I doubt. And then I read, Yes. Something that you've written or something that you say about a seven and then I, oh, no, I'm a seven. And I just feel yep. so known. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. And and that's what's the beautiful thing is not only does it help you to see that Christ really does know you, mm-hmm. but it's really amazing for you to get to know yourself, right? Right. And if you can get to know yourself in all the shades of color, right, in the sense of <laughs> eh, I'm not doing so good there and wow, I could really see how God is allowing me to reflect him over here. But to do it in a place that is um, without condemnation, it enables growth to accelerate. And that's Mm -hmm. really what we're wanting to do with the Enneagram is to help you to understand where your heart motive is so that you can really grow and transform in ways that you never thought possible. And also the other thing is that we're doing with the Enneagram is because it really gets to the core of who you are, we're bringing the gospel to you in your quote-unquote mother tongue or your dialect or how your personality type needs to hear it, mm. and so that it really penetrates to the very core of who you are. And not that the gospel is any different or has changed, but we're just going to use words that really help you to feel it and accept it in a way that you never thought was possible. Well, and I, yeah, I like the way that you said that in your mother tongue. I mean, thinking about the Bible being translated into different dialects and different languages everywhere. And for someone to hear God's word in their mother tongue. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. To be at a conference and they sing worship songs in Spanish, for example, and to think about Mm -hmm. the people who are native Spanish speakers there to be worshiping God in their native tongue. Yes. Yeah. It means so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very powerful. So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing with exploring you. It's really just a deep dive into your personality. We break down your personality into five sessions where there's guide sheets so that you're not overwhelmed. You're just learning bit by bit because it's a lot of information Mm -hmm. that really gets to the core, but we do it in a way that is doable and exciting and and hard, mm-hmm. um, but really refreshing and good. So I'm really excited for you to jump in and. Me too. And, and I was, I mean, I was surprised at how much content was in there, because you yeah. know when you're when you see something and you're not sure about signing up for it, after signing up for it and then going in and saying and seeing session and session and session, you know, the mini sessions within each five. Yes. I thought, oh my gosh, this was such a <laughs> like so much value. 
Oh yeah. 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 And that's the thing, you know, for us, even though, you know, we're a for profit, you know, company Mm -hmm. really behind the scenes, we're a ministry. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's always, you know, how can I give everyone the best value and the most gospel, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm always over delivering, which is great. I love it, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, but the biggest thing that I want people to realize is just how we break it down because the Enneagram can be very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. There's just so much information that you could try to absorb. And we just make sure that it is a Cliff Notes version, meaning like you can, it's, yeah, it's complicated, but I'll take care of the complicated part. Mm -hmm. You just get to absorb just the parts that you need to so that you can grow. Right. For those people that are listening that aren't familiar with the Enneagram, could yeah. you give us like a 30,000 foot overview of all the, I'll just let you go through all of the types. Yeah, exactly. So first, just to kind of give an idea of what the Enneagram is, is the Enneagram is different from the other personality typologies out there in the sense that most of them out there are telling you what you do, your behaviors, your outward manifestations, et cetera, preferences. This is really telling you why you do what you do. So the Mm -hmm. motives behind what you think, feel, and behave. And that's so important as a Christian because God really cares about the inside, right? Mm -hmm, The heart. mm -hmm. So wouldn't it be amazing if you knew, is my heart right now aligned with the gospel, believing, trusting, and knowing who I am in Christ and living that out? Or have I, is my mind and my heart started to wander off? Now, our relationship status always stays intact, but we wander off in our mind and our heart. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get misaligned with the gospel, um, all the way to the to the place where we're out of alignment. Now, the whole time, we're still his beloved, cherished child, and he comes for us and he swoops us up again. But when we're out of alignment, we think we're an orphan. We're not, mm-hmm. but we act like it. And all of a sudden, we're living like we have to do it all by ourselves, and it just brings destruction for ourselves and our relationships. But the more we become aligned with the gospel, the more we're resting and surrendering and trusting and depending on what Christ has done for us. And we can't get there unless we surrender and depend that it's all about the Holy Spirit doing the work in us. Mm -hmm. So what we want for everyone to realize with the Enneagram is think about it. You know, I'm sure some of your people are in the car right now driving and they've got their GPS up. And so the Enneagram is like an internal GPS. It shows Mm -hmm. you your current location, which is your main Enneagram type, but it also is going to show you your healthiest destination, which is being the most Christ-like of your personality type, what that looks like. But on this side of heaven, we tend to fall asleep or get distracted (laughs) and we veer off course and we keep falling into these same ditches time and time again. Mm -hmm. And then we like shake our head, like, why did I do that again? Like, haven't I learned my lesson or am I growing as a Christian? (laughs) And a lot of times we get really discouraged because we think that we're not growing because we keep doing the same things. Well, what I let people know is with the Enneagram, the Enneagram is going to help you to know why you do those things Mm -hmm. and why your personality will keep going to that same ditch. Maybe not your sisters or your brothers or your friends or coworkers ditches because they all might have different personality types, but yes, for you, you're going to keep going into that same direction, but wouldn't it be great to have a tool that would alert you? And that's the rumble strip on the highway. Isn't it great to have that rumble strip to wake you up and go, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm about ready to go into that ditch again. <laughs> and so the Enneagram really is that rumble strip. You know, it alerts us to know, hey, 
you know, if you keep believing and pursuing it this way, mm-hmm. you're going to land in that ditch. Mm-hmm. And that's where we can pause, come back to the Lord, depend, surrender, and ask him to help align our heart back with the truth of the gospel. And he's the one that then works in us and it keeps us on that path towards being Christ-like in our personality type. So it's really, you know, what the Enneagram is all about, is this internal GPS is letting us know, are we heading in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Is our heart aligned? Or is it getting misaligned? And that's just a really great way to think of it. Yeah. And that's been true for me, being a seven. Every mind, I like to plan getaways. And if life is getting really hard, I'm thinking about the next trip, the next vacation. And so right. I'll be at my computer going, okay, why am I planning something? Why Why am I, why am I here? <laughs> why do yes. I feel it necessary to plan this or some random getaway? Yeah. 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 So and like a rumble strip, course, I like that. And that's the great thing because it's like, Planning a trip in and of itself isn't bad, Mm-mm. you know, but what's great is now you can go, maybe there's something more to this mm-hmm. than just planning a trip. Right. You know, where's my heart at? Mm-hmm. What do I need to know and address? Is it aligned? Because if it's aligned, go for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the more it's misaligned, then you get the opportunity to address that and to have a fuller and deeper life. And I know we'll get into that on the flip side of going over all nine types on how Christ really fulfills those things and answers that for us. Yeah. Do you want me to go into yeah. the types now? Yeah. Yep. Okay, great. So there are nine basic Enneagram types. Now we use all nine types to varying degrees. No number is better than the other. In fact, all types at their healthiest are amazing. All of them. And all the types of their worst are literally the worst. (laughs) So no one gets a pass. Mm -hmm. It just looks different. What we want to recognize is as I go through these um, nine types, they, the way you want to really find your type is that each of them have four core motivations that are driving them. And the four core motivations is the core fear, which is like, Oh my gosh, please do not let this ever happen. They'll try to prevent it all day, every day. The core desire, the one thing that, oh, if I just had this, then life would be perfect. The core weakness, which is like the thorn in their side or their Achilles heel that trips them up all the time. And then the core longing, this is the message our heart has always longed to hear Mm -hmm. from others. And we just never feel like we're getting it. And so we feel very dissatisfied, sad, all the words basically Mm -hmm. in that category. And so we feel very desperate to hear that. So I'll go over all nine types and just really touch on these very briefly. In my course called Discovering You, I go over these in a much fuller fashion um, so that people can really find their type and I explain them much more clearly so that if they're like, well, I don't know, I could be this or this, that course will really pull the types apart so that you can see which one is you. And that's what I hear a lot from people. You know, oh, I can see myself in these different types and... That's great that you have a class that that takes people through the steps to help them address and figure out what type they are. Yeah. And that's, you know, like I said, we use all nine types to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. But what we're wanting to do is find this one type where these four core motivations are the full driving force behind everything. Okay. The outward manifestation of the types could look similar. So, for instance, uh, let's say us moms want to have a perfectly clean home. Then, you know, the type one will do it because it's the right thing to do. The two mm-hmm. will do it because they want a warm, cozy place for people to come and feel nurtured. The three will want a perfectly clean home because they of their image. 
et cetera, et cetera. And so what I want people to recognize is it's not the outward manifestation because everyone could look at, let's say someone has a perfectly clean home and they could look at them and say, oh, they must be a perfectionist. Mm. Well, no, like I'm a nine and I love a perfectly clean home because <laughs> I don't have to do anything. I can relax and chill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so it's for different motives. So mm-hmm. as we go through this, that's why I like to cover these core motivations because I could talk all day about what it could look like for each type, but then it gets confusing because there's right. a lot of attributes and behaviors that are lookalikes to the different types. Okay. So for those that are listening, these are the core motivations for all nine types. And again, we're going over a very high level quick view because we want to get into some of the core or the meat of how Christ answers what we really long for. So mm-hmm. so the type one is the moral perfectionist. Now their core fear is being wrong, bad, evil, corruptible, unredeemable. Now, what they desire is integrity, to be virtuous, to be good, balanced, and right. And their core weakness is resentment. And resentment comes because they think that everyone else sees the same imperfections in the world as they do, but they don't do anything about it. And the ones have a really loud inner critic that berates them until things are fixed or Mm -hmm. corrected or made right. And so they think everyone else has the same thing going on. And so why do I have to be the only adult person and the responsible person? And so there's this resentment, but not everybody sees the world that they do, but they don't realize it. And so, of course, that makes sense why resentment would would come up. And so these imperfections that the inner critic is showing them is like they're being assaulted. Mm-hmm. It's not just like the one is going around looking for imperfections. In fact, they would prefer not to see them. <laughs> but the inner critic is constantly pointing them out and assaulting them to make it work and and fix. Now, the core longing of the type one is to hear you are good. Mm. And that is really important for them. And we'll get into that. So just Mm -hmm. let everyone know, we're going to really dive deep into the core longing after I go through all nine types. Okay, so then the type two is a supportive advisor, and they fear being worthless, needy, inconsequential, dispensable, and unworthy of being loved. They desire to be appreciated, wanted, and loved. And their core weakness is pride, and this is their inability or unwillingness to acknowledge their own suffering and needs. And instead, what they do is they focus completely on others' emotions and needs and confidently insert themselves into their that other person's life by doing something because they just want to hear appreciation, affirmation, that they're wanted and loved. Now, their core longing that they want to hear is you are wanted and loved for just being you. The type three is a successful achiever, and they fear failing, being incompetent, inefficient, exposed, worthless, or not being successful. Now, what they want is to be valuable, admired, respected, to have high status and high regard. And their core weakness is deceit. Now, this is where they deceive themselves into believing that they're only the image they present to others. And so they always are feeling that they have to accomplish the next thing to be successful. If they don't, then they won't be loved. It'll be worthless. Now, what they long for is to hear you are loved and valued for just being yourself. You don't have to achieve my love. Now, the four, the four is the romantic individualist, and they fear being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, ordinary, defective, flawed, and definitely not having significance. What they desire is to be unique, special, and their authentic self. Now, 
Their core weakness is envy. And this is where they feel that there's something fundamentally missing and flawed inside them. So think of us all being like these puzzles that, you know, at Christmas time, a lot of times we put puzzles together Mm -hmm. and you're like, this one's going to be great. It's going to be so beautiful when we get this all done. And then there's that missing piece. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, man, it's like ruined. Well, that's what the four feels like about themselves. Mm -hmm. There's this missing piece, something defective and flawed. But they look at everyone else and everyone else's puzzles are perfect and beautiful. And they envy and long for what is missing. And that's just not what's true, but that is what it feels like for them. Because Christ made them unique. He knit them together in their mother's womb. But it it just doesn't feel like that. So that's the core weakness for them. Now, the core longing is that they want to hear you are seen and loved for exactly who you are, special and unique. Now, the type five, the investigative thinker, they fear being annihilated, ignorant, invaded, incapable, and having obligations placed on them. What they desire is to be knowledgeable, capable, and competent. Now, their core weakness is avarice. Now, avarice usually means greedy with money. This is different. This is like really being greedy with their inner resources and minimizing their needs because they fear that they are going to experience catastrophic depletion if they interact with people too much or if they're intruded on too much. So how I explain this real quickly is it's as if they have a cell phone that's plugged in all night and when they wake up, they only have 20 to 25%. And whereas other people, especially extroverts, when they meet with people, they get charged up and you're smiling like, yes, I'm a seven. I know. Um, But for them, they start out with only so much. They have to ration out their energy, their internal resources to go along with what the day has. And so if people intrude on that, um, surprise them, put obligations on them that they weren't aware of, it's like me taking that cell phone that has 5% left and streaming something live, right? Mm. It's like no, Mm -hmm. I need my phone for the rest of the day. You can't just do that. So you'll see them put up some boundaries and it feels to those that want to be connected as if they don't want to be connected, but that's not the case. They feel catastrophic depletion is about to happen. And so it helps us to understand them. How they plug in though is by being alone and processing their thoughts and feelings. So they need a lot of alone time to recharge. And this is more than just being an introvert because all the types can be introverts. This is a step beyond that. This is um, a core weakness, a fear, because a lot of people just need to plug in. But this feels like catastrophic depletion is going to happen. But the core longing, what they long to hear is your needs are not a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, the type six, the loyal guardians, they fear, fear fear itself, being without support, guidance, and security. They fear being alone, blamed, targeted, and definitely physically abandoned. Now, what they desire is to have security, guidance, and support. Now, their core weakness is anxiety, and this is a constant scanning the horizon for possible, you know, mishaps uh, or, I mean, all the way to worst case scenario. But they're always thinking, what could happen? What about this? What about that? Well, it depends. I don't know. What if this? That's all going on because they have an inner committee in their head. So the one has the one inner critic. This is the inner committee that's chiming in with all sorts of possible scenarios, which causes chaos and confusion for the six. And they feel like they need to get guidance from the outside, from someone they trust or belief system or knowledge that can bring them insight to help them to know, well, which one of these possibilities should I move forward on? And so that brings up a lot of anxiety because there's all the things you could think about. Um, Now, what they long to hear is you are safe and secure. 
The sevens is the entertaining optimist, and they fear being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited, bored, and definitely missing out on something fun or the possibilities of having fun. <laughs> and they desire to have, to be happy, satisfied, and fully content. Does this sound true? Yeah, I have FOMO all the time. Fear of yes. missing out. Yeah. Yep, yes, yep. exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, the core weakness of the seven is gluttony. And this isn't just about that food. That also this is sounds the... true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can also yeah. relate to that, unfortunately. Which that could be true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it's beyond that. It's the insatiable desire to fill oneself up with experiences and stimulation. Mm-hmm. And this is to avoid emotional pain or to and they want to pursue a variety of positive stimulating ideas and activities so that they can they think, oh, well, I'll then be satisfied. But how I explain this to people is think of them having like an empty bucket inside that has holes in it. And the more they try to fill it up, the more it just seeps out and they're just desperate. Like, oh my gosh, I just feel so empty. I've got to fill this up. Would well, be like a starving kid going up to different people, you know, begging for food and people just hand them cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, of course that looks awesome in the moment, right? Like, yes, cotton <laughs> candy. And they eat it and then it's like, but that doesn't do me any good. I'm still starving. And they go from cotton candy to cotton candy and it never fully satisfies. So we'll get into how Christ answers that. But the core uh, longing, the message they want to hear is you will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Now the type eight is the protective challenger and they fear being weak, powerless, harmed, controlled, manipulated, and left to the mercy of injustice. And they desire to protect themselves and those that are in their inner circle. Now, their core weakness is lust or excess, and this is a constant need for intensity, control, and self-exertion. So they really feel alive when things are intense. And so they feel like they constantly need to push and exert themselves everywhere and with everything. And they don't quite realize just how big and powerful they might come across. Now, their core longing is you will not be betrayed. And last but not least is my type, the peaceful mediator, type nine. And we fear being in conflict, any kind of tension, relational tension, being loveless, disconnection with others, being overlooked and shut out and not belonging. Uh, What we desire is to have inner stability and peace of mind. Now, our core weakness is sloth. And though we do like our cozy comforts, this has more to do with being unaffected by life, by not knowing themselves, because they've gone along to get along with everyone else. They merge with others. They accommodate. And so it's like we live in a fog. And if I am, let's say, on the road and half a mile ahead is a Walgreens that I need to get to, but I'm in a really thick fog, I don't know exactly where it is, how long it's going to take, But if I keep walking, I'll eventually get there and I will eventually see it. Well, that's kind of what it feels like for a nine when you ask a nine. And we even talked about this, about the common (laughs) questions that you ask people. And I'm like, yes, I want to know because I need time to think about it. (laughs) And that's the walking in the fog. You know, when someone Mm -hmm. says, where do you want to go to dinner? Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to (laughs) go? And sometimes that's, I just want to accommodate. And sometimes it's, I don't know. And some people are like, how can you not know? It's like, because I'm walking in a fog. And now sometimes I am willing and wanting to walk forward and to find out more about myself and what do I want, but that's hard. It's exhausting. Um, So it's sometimes easier just to go along with other people's passions and desires, especially when, if I assert my own thoughts and opinions, if they combat it or don't like it, 
all of a sudden that's conflict for a nine. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone's else like, that's not conflict. Oh, yes, it is for us <laughs> nines. So we would rather just to go along to get along. So that's where the sloth comes in is that fog and how hard are we working towards walking forward and finding more clarity in who we are or are we just going along to get along? Now, the core longing for the nine, what they long to hear is your presence matters. Mm. So those are all nine types. Oh my gosh, I had to sit on my hands to not <laughs> say so many things and ask so many questions. I know, that. it's hard because we talked, to, <laughs> for all of you out there, we talked about it because it can really make the podcast really long. Right. But it, it's, but now we right. get to. Right, right. Now, <laughs> now we, we get, get to do all the talking. <laughs> this is where I'm going to come into our conversation this week. Doesn't Beth have so much, so much good information to share about the Enneagram? This is so great. I thought this was a good place to stop. She's gone through all the nine types, and next week we'll talk a little bit more about the Enneagram and spiritual formation. Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Mm-hmm.